Yo, what is up, my friends? Welcome back to <laughs> technically the first co-cast, right? We are no longer the Modern Mastery Podcast. We are the co-cast, kind of to go along with the co-letter. Um, I found it kind of confusing that the podcast and the community and like the website was called Modern Mastery. So now only the community is called Modern Mastery. So the, the MMHQ, Modern Mastery HQ, the private community is now Modern Mastery. This podcast is the co-cast and the newsletter is the co-letter. And of course, I am your host, Dan Co. <laughs> I feel weird introducing myself, but here we are, right? And we're going to approach this podcast the same as we did the last one, but I'm going to answer a bit more questions um, just so we can run through more of them and make the podcast kind of a place for the dedicated listeners, right? The ones that want to go a bit deeper into what I post throughout the week and uh, just get questions answered because there is a lot of stuff that I don't cover in my content and I can't cover in my content just because I'm only one person. So this is my way of answering them. So the first question is from Just Call Me Harsh in the Discord. Uh, good to see you here, man. But uh, his, his questions revolve, there's a few questions here that revolve around uh, sales and client acquisition when you have a nine to five job. So I'll start off with the story that I had where I was trying to freelance while working my web design job, my nine to five, and I, I would have to take calls during a lunch break, right? And so he asks, like, how, how do you do that? Sometimes I would do it in the office because I had my own private office, but a lot of people don't have that, so I can't really recommend it. So <laughs> what I would recommend is you either go to the bathroom, tell your boss or whoever you're going to go to the bathroom, and let's say you have to, you know, take a shit. And so you go to your car for 30 minutes and you take the call. You take the call there and you kind of accept the consequences that will come from it. That's what I did. I just walked out to my car either on lunch break or when I, you know, just needed to get on a call. And then I took the call there. Now, uh, this is where the question of DMing people also comes into play, like closing in the DMs. And now while that is possible. It's especially possible if you build an audience. This is another reason to build a fucking audience and stop relying on other platforms and cold email and other things to find the clients that you enjoy working with, unless they are a business that wouldn't be found on the place that you are trying to build an audience. But in all other cases, build something for yourself because I guarantee that you will not be in the same business a year or two down the road, you're going to pivot. And if you pivot from nothing, then you have nothing, right? Build an audience. I had someone in the discord say this today, how he topped out of LinkedIn connection requests. And he finally realized like, yeah, I should have been building an audience this entire time and landing clients that way on the platform that I'm building an audience on. And it would have become much more focused and I would have had leverage of some form right? And now, of course, this is all variable, but that's the thing. You, you you can close in the DMs, wouldn't recommend it. You can try to by just running, like talking through a sales script. Um, but the main thing is that like you, you have to either get on a call on the weekend or on your day off and schedule them all there, or you need to uh, just go to the bathroom, <laughs> take the call there in your car. And that's the main way I would go about it. So 
stepping to another question from Yuan, I think it's Yuan, E-U-A-N. Um, it says, I don't have a specific question, but I would love to hear any advice on busting through limiting beliefs becoming un- slash becoming unstoppable. When I'm on, I'm fully on, but then the limiting beliefs kick in and the self-sabotage starts creeping in. Now, I know exactly what you're talking about, and it's clarity. It's 100% clarity. If you don't have clarity on what you are trying to achieve or the thing you are trying to become unstoppable for, then you need to either educate yourself on what will bring that clarity, or you need to journal and practice metacognition, which is pretty much just questioning your thoughts, thinking about your thoughts. It's better to do on paper where you just let thoughts trigger thoughts. You let questions trigger questions. You get them out of your head onto paper. And eventually you find the answer you're looking for. And then you can write out a step-by-step solution to get back on per se, quote unquote. And that's exactly what you have to do. Because the the thing that is keeping you from becoming unstoppable and what is allowing those limiting beliefs to come in is that you aren't 100% clear on what you need to do in order to achieve whatever goal you're trying to achieve. If you don't have that goal or that vision that you are trying to achieve and can try to gain that clarity on, then of course you, you have nothing else to focus on except for the limiting beliefs, the thoughts that are popping into your head like you you don't, when you aren't clear on your goals or how you can get there, that's, this is called psychic entropy, right? The mind tends towards disorder. That's why you have to stay on top of your vision and writing things down and journaling out everything that you're really doing so it isn't stuck in your head. And so you, I I call it focus framing, right? It's the act of having goals and a vision that align very well with your interests and have that, uh, they give you that energy to actually go out and do things. It's, it's intrinsic motivation. And what I mean by focus framing is that you have a goal to focus on rather than a distraction to focus on, right? If you are dead set on a goal, it is going to be very difficult. And you could, you only know this from experience, right? Those that haven't experienced the whole uh, phases of intensity where you're just building something, you're you're dead set, you're going to the gym on autopilot. That's because of focus framing, right? If you're overeating or you're just snacking all the time, it's because you have no goal to bring your focus to. And this doesn't have to be like building a business or anything. It could be reading a book that you're actually interested in and that you're looking forward to reading. It could be going on a walk, putting in an audiobook. It's like having something to do that is conducive to your goals, whether it is like something as tangible as building a business, going on a walk is very conducive to any goal you have, right? You have to find those things and you need to kind of plan out your day. You don't have to be super rigid with your routine, but you have to have something to do in order to bring your focus back uh, and away from those distractions. And now the main thing that gets people here is the why, right? Your why, your purpose. Your purpose is what gives you that intrinsic motivation to go and pursue these goals full force, right? And the problem with this is that people think like there's only one why. There is not. You it, Like all of this is variable. It's it's kind of like mental mastery where if, if your old why doesn't work, right? Like, oh, I want to look jacked. I want to get girls, et cetera, et cetera. And then once you meet those needs, once you 
kind of, I guess, transcend the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, then you have to hunt for a new why. You have to write things down until that why clicks and then everything falls into place. Then you have that clarity and that allows you to go full force forward. But in terms of limiting beliefs and dealing with those at the time, it's all about awareness and non-reaction, right? You have to pause before you let these things affect you negatively, or even if they are affecting you negatively, you need to understand and question why. And now this isn't like a, an end-all be-all. It, it doesn't clear the problem in five seconds. It may clear the problem in a week, two weeks, and you have to be okay with that. And you have to know that so you can calm down during the time that it's affecting you. You know what I mean? So if a big problem is taking place and you feel like absolute dog shit, you're not going to clear that problem from your head in 10 seconds. So stop expecting to because that's only going to make it worse. You have to give it time. You have to let go. You have to try to understand. You have to be intentional with understanding these things that are going on inside of your head. So that was the second question. And I'm finally getting to the third and possibly uh, fourth question from Courtney. Courtney or Courtney? I don't really know. I've talked to you a lot. but uh, So she said, kind of adding to the, that 9 to 5 question, I also have a lot of things going on that take up my time. So job, school, gym. How do you schedule time to start your business without feeling so overwhelmed all the time? I'm starting to feel so drained. I know it's possible, but I feel like I'm missing how to properly plan my time. I've considered switching from full to part-time, but would like some other suggestions. And so Tyler said after that, to kind of piggyback on Courtney's question, how do you manage energy when you've got a lot going on? Some days you eat healthy food, get a good amount of sleep, then wake up tired and still need to get important levers done. <clears throat> okay, so for the first one, it, it is about planning. It's about scheduling those things, but it's also about detaching from the outcome of actually completing those things. So the the main thing, it, it's not only about those either. It's about uh, knowing what is going to bring the most results and focusing on that, right? It's, it's the levers. So I know that you're starting on Twitter and you're building out all these other things and it like you... <laughs> I do this all the time and it's a struggle, but you're, you may be comparing yourself to others where you see how fast they're growing. You see what kind of tweets they're posting. You see they're posting threads, you know, the, the, the flavor of the day that is just doing really well. And you're like, well, crap, now I have to add this on to my current work, right? I've tried to, I've tried to do the three, four threads a week or even articles and it just drains you and it's like what can you sustain and what do you enjoy doing and how can you fit that into a specific time frame so that it's manageable so in terms of twitter just like a basic rundown for anyone that is not uh starting to grow a personal brand is you you tweet maybe three times a day when you're a beginner it doesn't really matter you should be focusing on engagement right so set aside an hour of time to both research and write content in something like Tweet Hunter for um, an hour, right? Knock out a week's worth of tweets in an hour. It won't take an hour at first, but you will get better at that and you will be able to do that. And you'll be going about your day and scheduling tweets either way or posts, and it'll just work out really well. And you'll have, you won't have to worry too much about the content. And like aside from that, 
engaging. So schedule 30 minutes in the morning or at night to engage with uh, people, right? And then aside from that, it's like, what else do you have to do? If you are taking consults or other things and you just schedule time for DMs, then do it in another 30-minute block. Spend 30 minutes, research who you would want to reach out to, DM them, work through the DMs when you can, and understand that people are, like, you don't have to respond immediately. This was one big thing uh, when I started is that when someone DMs you, like, you have the urge to respond immediately. And it's like you have things to do that are more important than a random person DMing you, right? And so you have to learn to be okay with putting those DMs off until you can get to them, right? You shouldn't let people have access to your attention 24-7 because that's only going to hurt. And then in terms of Tyler, what you mentioned about how to manage energy when you've got a lot going on. Some days you eat healthy food, get a good amount of sleep, then wake up tired and still need to get important levers done. So uh, that's that's the weird thing is why are you waking up tired if you're doing that? Like there could be something there that could be optimized a bit more. Um, I'm definitely a bit groggy in the morning, but I, I plan time for that. Like I, I do have the luxury of planning time for that. So I, I'll just fuck around at my desk for 30 minutes before I actually start working, right? And that usually gets me on it. I'll read an article or something that I plug into the seven days of genius process, which is a free challenge link in the show notes. But that gets my brain kind of firing for doing this work. And so I would have to understand like more about what's going on in your day. But Again, it comes down to like auditing things and moving things around and journaling it like on a blank piece of paper, Could it, like write out everything you're doing in the day and then start to just shift things around and test and iterate and do that for a week. Like every single day, write down what you're doing in the morning, what you're doing at night, what you're doing to, during work, what times you have open, how, how your energy feels. And then you can start to move things around the next day and plan out like a structure that may or may not work. And then the next day, do the same thing. And you're noting this the entire time. You can't keep track of this shit in your head. It's not going to work. You have to write it down. And so once you do these things and you understand very well, this is awareness. You're gaining awareness of what you are doing on a daily basis, how your energy is during that time, what's working, what is not. And you are able to test and experiment and see what works best by doing that. So those are the three-ish questions. Um, So if you do have a question for this podcast and want to include it in the first 15 or so minutes of this podcast, just to get a more in-depth answer on things that I can't really answer in another way, then feel free to pop them in the podcast questions uh, channel of the free Discord, which is, again, link in the show notes. But uh, before we get into the actual topic of today, I want to give a quick plug for Modern Mastery HQ, which is the private community that podcast listeners get to join for uh, $5. And that is also in the show notes. What it is, is it's pretty much all of my systems, strategies, and trainings for social media growth, branding, marketing, sales, focused work, mental performance, Uh, some health, some 
fitness, some spirituality. Uh, and then in the Discord, we have challenges. The one that is going on currently is the two threads a week challenge just to get you posting long form content on Twitter. And uh, you can get personalized help in there. And of course, meet people that are building businesses and that you would be able to connect with and grow with. Because uh, I think this is one big benefit that a lot of people don't talk about is I've seen people meeting online from the Discord. And it's like you don't meet these types of people in real life. Maybe it's like a dime a dozen. But the people that I've met online have been the biggest the biggest players in my both personal growth and business growth. Like you, you have to have that community to bounce ideas off of and figure out your blind spots together so you can continue making progress and moving forward. So let's get on to the main topic of today, which is that the future of work will be play or that there will only be one career path in the future. I've been developing my own theory of the creator economy or just the digital economy and other things in general for a long time now. And it's it's making sense because I've been in the game for so long and I understand it very well. And I recently did a podcast with Dan Go where we talked about this as well. So you can find his podcast. He's at FitFounder on Twitter. You can probably see it there. But in general, I, I think that the creator economy can be a it is already a self-sufficient utopia in the sense that like people get it wrong where they think oh you only can sell digital products and digital services and all this other stuff and it's like yeah i mean that's what everyone should sell because it doesn't there's zero i mean the profit margins aren't there like it's a hundred percent profit margin so you can it's a no-brainer that every single brand has a digital product or service the Next thing is that you can sell physical products as well. Imagine if everyone pursued their curiosity. Just take take a second. Imagine this for a second. If everyone pursued their curiosity, not the path that someone else laid out for them, right? And this has to, this can really only happen after 18. Once you are free of that like conditioning echo chamber that has been programming you, for your entire life. This isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if you aren't aware of it. But so if everyone pursued their curiosity, we would all end up on completely different areas like of the map, right? We we would not be in the same niche. We would, nobody would be in the same niche. No would, nobody would be providing the same service. We would all provide complementary services. That's how nature is, right? A creator, nature, same thing. Nature creates, you create. But that's the main thing. It's like there are, if you are super interested in, let's say, health and regenerative farming, and you want to go and open a beef tallow brand or a coconut oil brand, now you are the main supplier for that coconut oil for other creators because they're 100% going to buy over buy from you based instead of someone else. And the same thing goes for, let's say, like premium clothing, maybe barefoot shoes, Right. And I'm only talking from my experience here. I'm only talking from the things that I am curious in. There are so many different niches. It's like we get trapped in this bubble of thinking that, oh, my interests are the only things that exist when that is just not the case. I was talking to Dan Go, and it's like he bought a course for um, parenting, like how to uh, navigate the, his, the phase of life with his two year old that's growing up right now. 
And it's like there are so many different niche markets that everyone is going to end up on the different area of the map. And it just makes sense that everyone is online in a sense because that, that's the collective consciousness. The, the internet is the collective consciousness. The, the internet is us documenting our mind on the fucking internet where we are posting snippets of our life. We're posting our opinions. We're posting condensed knowledge. We're posting, we're documenting what is in our mind, what we make sense of in our mind on the internet, right? So this is like the future of trade and commerce and individuality. And just to drive this this point even further home is that education is becoming decentralized, right? You can see it right in front of your eyes, just nobody's making this connection where you can learn more on YouTube in a week than you can most four-year college degrees. That may be an exaggeration, but it has a very high hint of truth to it, right? And it, it in modern educate or not modern education, but uh, colleges and formal education cannot keep up with the te- the advancements and the the new opportunities that are being created. That only people on YouTube who have done these things can teach other people. So that is how you pursue your curiosity is through all of these different channels. And individuals are becoming their own schools. Because that's all there really is in life, is you educate someone on something, they learn, they improve their value, and boom, what do you know? That's what everyone is chasing for. They're, they're trying to improve their quality of life, and whatever way you can do that, the right people are going to find you if you are a true niche of one and you are being authentic. So kind of just uh, went on a tangent there, but let's, let's get into this topic. So as a kid, I, I was just obsessed with finding a better way of living, right? I I don't know what sparked this. All I know is that I was a silent observer. I observed everything. Like everywhere I went, I I just paid very close attention to people's actions, not in a judgmental way, but in a discerning way. There's a difference, right? So it's like, how, how did that person get to that point in life? Why did they look that way? Why are they so angry all the time? Why are they sad all the time? Why is this guy extremely happy? Why is this guy extremely successful, right? And I tried to reverse engineer that because <clears throat> the thing about curiosity is that it it doesn't just stop at the tip of the iceberg. And if you guys remember uh, my YouTube video on like the oppor- the iceberg of opportunity is that everything is an iceberg, right? Me seeing someone and thinking, wow, that person's successful. Okay, what's the iceberg behind that? Why are you not going deeper into it, right? By questioning. That's how you dive deeper and deeper into these icebergs to actually find the things, the real value, right? It's like, okay, how is that guy so successful? What did he do to get there? And so you start wondering, you start digging, you start looking at his social media posts, and you find this thing that he recommends, a book that he recommends, and then you go and read the book, and then dots start to connect, and you go down this other path, and then you're slowly connecting the dots to form this picture of an iceberg. And then by the end of it, you don't even know it, but you are an expert in that domain and you start to do the same thing as him. And then you move forward in life in a sense. And so that's actually for the next podcast. I call it intelligent imitation. So we'll get into that then. But that's the main thing. I was a silent observer and 
one of the things that really didn't sit well with me was the conventional career path, right? It's, it's just go to school, think you know what you want to do for 18 years, when in reality, it's just what, con- what culture conditioned you to do, possibly get a job the first time around, possibly enjoy life while having no control over 70% of your day, possibly have the freedom to do whatever you want with your time at 65 years old. It just sounds, it sounds amazing, doesn't it? No, it doesn't sound amazing at all. But that's what everyone does because they're told to do that. And so I didn't like that. A quote unquote secure future didn't sound so secure to me. So I went to the gym, right? I started learning, educating, pursuing my curiosity of the gym, learning about it so I could do it correctly. And then learning from people that I aspired to be like on social media. I followed Matt Ogus. I followed Chris Lovato. I followed Jeff Side, I followed Arnold, all these people that were doing something that I wanted to do that I could look up to and model and imitate. And then I, what do you know? I've been in the gym for 11 years. <laughs> so on top of the gym, I was also trying to find those like skills. I wanted to acquire skills. I was told to acquire marketable skills. So I did. And I ended up failing at seven different business models. A lot of you know that story. And so just a side note to this, I found that this was the missing piece of my brand, right? I had Modern Mastery, I had some other courses, but it's like, what did I do to get to this point completely? And it's like, I learned and tried and failed at all of these different things. And they all, the specific parts of them helped me get to where I am today, right? Uh, Digital art taught me design. Uh, Web design, of course, taught me Web design and landing pages, copywriting taught me copywriting. And now they all combine to create a personal brand that really nobody can compete with. People ask me like, oh, how did you do it? What's your secret? And it's like, I have like a a, a tool belt of 10 different skills that I can pull out at any time. I, I know design, I know copywriting, I know marketing, I know sales, I know uh, web design, I know, what else do I know? Storytelling, I know how to dissect social media platforms and understand how they work so I can grow very rapidly. I gained this month, I gained, or the last five days, I gained a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. That is not an accident. I know exactly what caused that. And that's the difference between unconscious competence and conscious competence, right? So that's what the new cohort slash school that I'm building uh, will be. It's going to be the 80-20 on all of those skills. So you can start building immediately because you are going to learn the most by actually building, right? So that's what it is. Skill acquisition, brand building, rapid content creation, and creating your own niche that nobody can compete with in 30 days. So if you want to join the wait list, the first cohort is going to start on June 14th. Enrollment will open sometime in a week or two, but you can join the wait list by the link in the description because it's going to be sick and I can't wait to see everyone killing it after that because there's some there's some good stuff in there I'm taking my time with this and it's going to be impossible not to get results but uh, when everything clicked like when all these skills clicked and I understand okay I have all of this knowledge I, I can make it work that's when I started seeing success I gained that clarity as we talked about earlier and you kind of have to fumble in the dark and 
embrace the uncertainty until you grab, until you find all of the dots that you can connect and then get that clarity. So with all of that, uh, let's talk about the future career path, right? So on the blog, if you go to thedanco.com slash the future of work will be play, then you can find this where it's a diagram where I map out the future career path. And so that's what we're going to talk about right now. So the, in my eyes, the future of work, it, it won't be work. It'll be play. It'll be us pursuing our curiosity and having ways to do that because tech is advancing so quick and it is uh, replacing a lot of the, let's say, labor jobs or just the jobs that we don't want to do as humans because we're wired for creativity. We're, we're, whether we're conscious of it or not, the way that humanity is moving forward is opening up more room for creative work. And uh, that is exactly what all of this is. That's what the future of work will be. It'll be play because we would have, have already built creative solutions that allow us to maintain whatever we have built, but also um, just let us do whatever we want and make a sensible income off of it and enjoy our lives and pursue our passions, our purposes, and what everyone talks about, right? That's what humans want. And so why are we're building to a point where we can do this, but it's already here. It's already here and you can do it if you understand this and you decide to actually take action, right? And stick it out for the long term. That's one big thing is like, no, you aren't going to be able to do this in maybe six months. You can do it in six months if you know exactly what you're doing aka joining digital economics, but like when you're doing it by yourself, there's huge value in doing things by yourself and figuring it out for yourself because that's how you find specific knowledge as Naval says, where specific knowledge, it, it's like me figuring out how to use Instagram for the longest time and then eventually blowing up by 100,000 followers in five days. That's specific knowledge. That is extremely valuable knowledge that will probably only work for me. I could tell you what it is. I'm not going to because then it'll just flood Instagram with all this shit. But uh, that's the main thing is I figured it out on my own and learned what actually got huge results that nobody else is selling. And I have that extremely valuable, valuable information. I have that leverage. And so one other thing about this is that like human evolution, it, it can't be controlled. It, it's going to happen however it's going to happen. There is for every death, there is rebirth, right? And people don't understand this. Like I was reading, what was it? I was reading a brief history of everything yesterday by Ken Wilber. And he was talking about how the plow or not the plow, but the, like we, we created the, I forget exactly what it was like the, the, the things that go through the fields of the farm, like the, the machines, the, they harvest the stuff. And the reason we created that is because we didn't want women to do the heavy work. And so people are like, oh, that was the birth of the patriarchy or whatever it is. I don't know enough to talk about that. But he also said that like, no, th there's a reason we came here and it opened up room for so much more. And this is the importance of like knowledge work and actually applying the ideas in our head is that without that specific advancement, we would not have been able to go to the next level. Like ideas beget ideas. You can't have one idea if another idea does not come before it, right? I would not have been a marketing consultant if I had not previously had the idea and clarity to pursue web design. 
right? Because web design is a part of marketing. It's a necessary thing that I had to learn, right? So with that, it, human evolution, it can't be stopped. It's, it's, all, it's just happening, right? So those that see this opportunity of creative work and being able to do what they want and starting early and sticking it out for the long term will see immense neurological, neurobiological benefits because our, our, our psyche is wired for survival, for entrepreneurship, for doing things on our, on our own, for pursuing our curiosity and finding that passion and that purpose. There's a reason that we have these reward mechanisms in our brain that squirt dopamine when we are pursuing our own intrinsic goals. There is a reason behind that, right? And that is why we are moving in this direction is because we as humans want to experience this more. So those that hop on board are going to see great benefits. And those that don't or wait or are just unconscious for the entirety of their lives are going to experience the neurobiological decay because they are going to try to find and seek or hunt for this reward mechanism reward mechanism in their brain through things like porn, masturbation, social media, other things where they just get that quick hit of dopamine and that instant gratification, right? So that's what it is, is like the survive, modern day survival is pretty much pursuing, hunting and pursuing your curiosity, making discoveries for that dopamine. So you're kind of exploring and making discoveries and it's like, oh yes, new idea, the aha moment, the clarity that sends you forward and being able to maintain that lifestyle in a world that is shifting from corporation to individual. And this brings in the pre-trans fallacy from Ken Wilber as well. It's like it was individual before or like tribes, communities, and then it went to corporation up higher and then it's going back down to individual and communities, right? Communities are just groups of individuals. That's what this is all about. And so now bringing back up the topic of specific knowledge, this is from Naval's thread on how to get rich without getting lucky. And he says, specific knowledge is knowledge that you cannot be trained for. If society can train you, it can train someone else and replace you. That's, I would meditate on that, right? It's pretty much figuring it out on your own because if, if someone else can figure it out for you, they can figure it out for someone else and you're replaceable at that point. The strategy or whatever you're doing, the knowledge that you have is common. It's a commodity. So let's get back to the theory of humans mapping out the collective consciousness online, right? That, that's a theory in itself that I'm still working on. But creators, personal brands, thought leaders, whatever, knowledge workers, online educators, individuals posting on the internet are increasing the rate of evolution at an exponential rate in my eyes. We are condensing information through courses, systems, step-by-step -step guides, and mentorship that distills years of experience in a digestible way. Think about this, right? Because humans can only, pro can only process 126 bits, bits of information per second. So it's more or less than that. It's not exactly 126 bits, but... You have to think about it this way. What would originally have taken 160 or 60 million bits of information to process in our heads, so let's say 10 years, it now takes 10 million to reach that same endpoint and open up room for better ideas, right? Well, like we are 
so much more intellectually developed than our ancestors. I don't think that is a question. As a collective, we are more, uh, we have more knowledge. We have more information. We know how to do things better. We know how to uh, create things that actually solve problems and provide value. So we can learn more. We can act faster. We can make new discoveries and we can pass down our lessons in the same manner. That's what a creator does, right? We're taking something, we're condensing the information and we're passing it down so other people can do it faster. And the more that happens, the more people become creators, the faster we create solutions that actually work and we open up room for better problems in our lives, right? And that eventually leads to the future of work being play because it's no longer work. There's no, there's no negative connotation associated with it because we've solved all of those problems. So in order to do this stuff effectively, and I'm talking about documenting your mind online, advancing human evolution, starting a business, whatever it may be, just putting your thoughts out online, which is beneficial either way because uh, employers, like there's so many more job opportunities on social media platforms now and your personal brand is pretty much a public resume that will bring you 10 times more opportunities than let's say just applying for jobs, right? You have jobs come to you at this point, but there's two things you have to understand. You have to understand the medium and the message. The message is communication. It's media, right? Media is how we communicate with other human beings without being right in front of them. The front end of the internet is media. That's how you capture attention to educate, entertain, and inspire others. Those are the pillars of content creation for a reason, because that's what we do when we communicate with other people, is we educate them, we entertain them, or we inspire them, right? That's what you do. So that is how you attract an audience, learn in public, and distribute your quote-unquote condensed zip file-like knowledge that you can sell while simultaneously accelerating evolution and raising the collective well-being. So that's the main thing. And when I say learn in public right there, I mean, like, you can start from zero experience. You don't, like, there's nothing stopping you from sending a tweet and talking about what you're learning. And there's, of course, strategies to this in Modern Mastery HQ. But that's the main thing is, like, there, there's no excuse not to start this. And I'm, I'm, I'm maybe focusing on this too much because it's what I do, but it's hard. I can't explain every single connection that I've made. That's what I'm trying to do with my content, but I can't explain every single connection that has led me to realizing that everyone will be like their value will, will and should be displayed on the internet. That's how uh, e-commerce works, right? So to master media, communication, you have to study marketing, persuasion, sales, psychology, epistemology, philosophy, and really anything that allows you to understand the mind, because that's what communication is. You are understanding how the mind makes sense of things, what makes a mind pay attention to things, uh, how to get your message across so people understand it and follow you. It's, it's pretty much, it's perspective. It's you're giving your unique perspective on anything and everything in your direct experience and documenting that online. And so the best way to do that is to learn in public. That is 
learn by building out a real world project online, start a social media account based on your curiosities, what you're learning right now, create videos, podcasts, articles, posts, and the rest. Don't do them all at once. I would always recommend starting on Twitter because it's just writing. You don't have to learn design or anything like that. And tweets don't really have a long lifespan, right? You can write 10 tweets in a day and nobody will see them in a week, right? So it's a testing ground and it's it's very good for learning in public. But you want, you want to treat this stuff as a hobby at first where it's a game where you're kind of learning what makes other people tick and what works for you and what you enjoy talking about. And at a minimum, by doing this, You've created a public portfolio and developed modern skills that can get you a high paying job without a degree because there are things that you have to learn in order to have a developed personal brand, right? You have to understand uh, social media marketing, how to grow on social media, how to write impactful content, how to design a good looking profile picture and a banner or whatever it may be. Right? You have to learn how to create an email list. You have to learn how to build a portfolio website, which again is all in MMHQ. Don't know why you're not in there yet. But aside from that, that's you, you master the media game right? at a minimum and you get job opportunities. But at a maximum, you build leverage for your future because you're building an audience. You create a system-based project and make more than enough money than you need to live a happy life. And now I'm talking about the outcome here. It's, it, it, this doesn't happen in a week. Don't expect it to happen in a week. Expect this to be a lifetime of showing who you are and your value online because the internet isn't going away. So the next thing, we talked about media, right? Media is the message. That's how you communicate value, right? That's how you connect with other human beings. And the next thing is code right? So the, the tech world, tech or code is the medium for media. That's how you distribute this information is through code. And so the tech world has exploded really in the last decade. And tech, specifically code, is the vessel for media. It allows us to package up information in a structured way. It allows us to house the information or products, services, and everything else that's in the digital economy. It is the back end of the internet. So code is the back end, media is the front end. Media is what you see, code is how you see, right? And so again, you can learn to code if you want and get a job in like six months without a degree. There's another podcast on this with Randall Canna, if you wanna look for that, uh, steps to doing that and learning to code. That's what I did, I got a job in maybe a year, but that's because I didn't take it seriously. Uh, so you can make a good amount of money and then transition into whatever you like. And it's the same thing with media, right? If you want to study marketing, there are a ton of marketing positions open that do not require a degree, right? And if you can practice in the real world with your own personal brand and have results, then you're going to get a job that much faster. And then, I mean, even from Twitter, like people will see that and hire you. I see it all the time where it's like people start marketing accounts and do marketing breakdowns of uh, like certain companies via a thread and they'll get job offers from companies that need a good marketer. And uh, so that's the thing with either of these media or code, you are truly setting yourself up 
for the future, whether it be entrepreneur, entrepreneurial or just getting a job and like solving that basic need of financial stability. So then you can start pursuing your curiosity fully. So the, the thing with code is, is that you can get a job by learning to code and it's very useful and you can get into blockchain, web three, whatever else is going on right now. But the other beautiful thing about code is that the coders have built solutions so they don't have to waste their time on building like fancy websites or landing pages or email lists or any of this stuff. That's where no code tools come in, right? So if you, you can master both code and media by starting a personal brand, by becoming a creator and whatever you want to call it. Some people call it a creator. Some people call it a personal brand. Some people call it influencer, whatever the fuck you want to call just posting online, right? And posting value online and improving yourself like that that's what we're doing right that's that's all we're doing here and so the beautiful thing about this is that you can practice both no code tools so let's say wordpress for a portfolio site let's say review for a free email list and then twitter for distribution and boom now you have a way to distribute and get your media in front of other people and build this personal brand and now you have a skill set that can really help any business. It can help any business. And that's where offer creation comes in. But that's not what we're here to talk about. So the next thing is distribution. And this tweet from Jack Butcher has just stuck in my head for the longest time because it's so true. It's build distribution, then build whatever you want, right? And you only know this once you build distribution. Distribution is just a fancy way of saying potential traffic right? An audience is distribution. A community is distribution. Uh, an, an email list is distribution. Your network, right? The people you meet. I know people with audiences of 500,000 followers that if I DM them and I'm like, hey man, I launched this new product. Uh, can you help me out with this? They'll send their entire audience to my offer, right? Distribution is not just your audience. It's the people you connect with. That's why your network is your net worth, right? Is if I get five people that have, have a cumulative, let's say 2 million follower audience that I send to a product launch, that's a lot of fucking traffic. That is a lot of traffic to an offer that if you were to do something like Facebook ads for that would probably cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? So that, that this is all free, by the way. It just takes time and effort and consistency. And... The other thing is that the, the world is craving human connection as we learn to actually navigate the internet. We're still learning that. And decentralization is a hot topic because corporations, they can't be trusted anymore. People are losing trust. Formal education can't be trusted. Individual distribution centers or personal brands per se are popping up to give that human connection and to educate people on what they are curious about, right? And so everyone can pursue their curiosity and do what they love and allow people to learn from them so then they can pursue their curiosity. And here's one thing that comes to mind about this is that people think the market's saturated, but if you are truly a one-person business, you are going to pivot, right? I ta I've taught a lot of people web design. I'm, I don't do web design anymore because I'm already out of that, right? I pivoted to something else. 
Does that, that doesn't mean web design doesn't work. That means I went somewhere else. Web design, everything is just a stepping stone, right? It's not like what I'm teaching right now is going to cause any more saturation. I'm just talking about what's in my head right now. And eventually I'll be doing something completely different, right? Now I'm creating digital economics. I created modern mastery. Like those are things that really add no saturation to the market. So that's just one thing to think about. And to bring up a quote from Naval to show that I actually have some somebody else to kind of back my opinion on everyone being able to become a creator once tech advances to a point. Naval said, there are almost 7 billion people on this planet. Someday, I hope there will be almost 7 billion companies, right? So he's saying that everyone can have a business. And in my eyes, these are one-person businesses that allow us to pursue our genuine curiosity. I will keep saying this until the day I die or am proven wrong. So to kind of reiterate, media is the information, content. Code is the real estate where content is housed. Brand, so you, is, is distribution. That's how you attract people to your content and your products. And by building these digital assets, you can create a system-based digital product or service, or really anything that aligns with your curiosity, whatever anyone is selling. If you want to go and start a fucking farm and become like, and you want to sell organic foods to people that vibe with what you talk about online, boom, what do you know? <laughs> it works. And so that's the thing. And you, that that's really it. It's like, you just talk about what you want and tie in, you educate people on what you sell and why it is important to them or can be important to them, then boom, you get to do what you love and sell and according to what you love. And you combine the both, combine the two, and it just works. So, but of course, there's there's so much to this, right? I'm just telling you the theory right now because it's, it's like this is why I built Modern Mastery HQ is because it, it can't be t talked about in one podcast. There's 160 plus articles and trainings and roadmaps in Modern Mastery HQ because there, it takes a long time to teach this stuff. But if, if you're like really dedicated, you could probably go through all of that content in like a day and eh, maybe not a day, but like a week and have it all figured out in a sense and just rapidly increase your knowledge on this situation. So, so far we've gone through curiosity, media, code, and distribution but what do you distribute right this is a this is a big problem for a lot of people it's like what do i sell and so the first thing you can sell anything like i said but i do lean towards digital products or services because they have high profit margins they, they don't require much maintenance right all, all you do is you create a course and you put it online and boom you're a personal school for other people right? And that it doesn't cost anything to like replicate that. So, and those are the, the, the digital products or services. These are the things that impact humans direct experience the most, right? We've, we've gotten over materialism, hopefully where it's not like I need anything fancy for my life. I want to improve my quality of life. How do I do that? Health, wealth, relationships. How do I improve those things? Education, the things that are in my head, right? It's, it's all, all is mind, 
right? And so digital products or service, services, it allows you to fix problems for other people within those eternal markets so you can help them meet their basic needs so they don't have to worry about them and they can do the creative work that they need, right? You help them make more money. That's what people want. That's what I help people do. I help them become financially stable so they can pursue their creative hobbies more. Same thing with health. It's a basic need. Same thing with esteem and relationships. It's it's basic need. Now you have to have common sense with this and not be a dumbass scammer or whatever. You have to be morally developed to an extent to actually do this correctly and stay in the game long term. But there are three ways to do this, right? So digital products and services. Now, number one, there are done for you services, which are things like freelancing or agency work. Uh, someone has a problem, you have a way to solve it. So you, uh, they hire you and you do that for them, right? You put in time and labor, but then there's done with you. I've gone through all of these, by the way, uh, there's done with you, which is like consulting, coaching, or mentoring right? And this is one another thing that I feel like a lot of people aren't doing correctly or could do better is the whole online mentoring thing. You know how there are mentors at school. There can be mentors online. If you have, if you understand how to build WordPress websites, why don't you sell a tutorial on how to make WordPress websites? But then if people don't want to go through a tutorial and they want one-on-one -on -one help with it, then you do somewhat of an online mentoring service to teach people how to do this stuff rather and done with you. It's, it's rather than doing something for someone putting in time and labor, you're walking them through your system. So it still takes time, but you're working one-on-one. -on -one. You're not doing a lot of the heavy work. You're teaching them. You're educating them on how to improve a certain aspect of their life. And you help them navigate the roadblocks that you've experienced previously, the specific knowledge that you have that is extremely valuable. And then number three is do it yourself. So there's done for you, done with you, and there's do it yourself. So do it yourself is digital products. It's you package up your system that gets results that you usually start, usually, not a lot of the time. I mean, not most of the time, not all of the time, but usually you start with done with you or done for you to kind of build a sustainable income for yourself and get results. And then you package up that system once you know it works in a digestible way via no code tools to put your course or ebook or guide or email um, email based course or whatever it may be you you put it online and you distribute it through your brand right and then when you don't have distribution this is when freelancing or consulting can help you develop your system get results and make an income without a large audience because freelancing and consulting, that's usually very specific and you are DMing people at the start while building your audience and just spreading your name around to uh, your network so they can refer you, but that's mainly it. And so according to Naval, again, this is mainly me breaking down and making sense of his posts because he does know a lot, is that this is how you really make a fortune by working your way up the ladder, developing your system, packing, packaging it up, and distributing it, distributing it with no marginal cost of replication. So there's two quotes from him here. There is the first quote, which is, give me a lever long enough and a place to stand, and I will move the earth, which is from Archimedes. So it's a quote 
within a quote. But the, the next one is that fortunes require leverage. Business leverage comes from capital, people, and products with no marginal cost of replication, which is code and media, right? So take those for what you will. But that is pretty much it for this one. So uh, what I ask of you is that you let me know either by posting to your Instagram story or just uh, adding me on Twitter. Uh, let me know that you listened to this. Let me know what you liked about it. Maybe the one big idea that you pulled out of it that is going to stick in your head if any of them did that for you. Um, what you can look for in the next episode is intelligent imitation. So it's pretty much like how do you pursue your curiosities understand them, and then create from them, right? How do you create content from them without copying, right? So it's intelligent imitation. That's what humans do. We'll talk about that no more in the next co-cast episode. But in the meantime, of course, you can join the co-letter, you can join the free discord, you can download my free planner, my free creativity challenge. And of course, join Modern Mastery HQ for $5 all of those are in the show notes. And with that, I truly appreciate you listening. Um, if you could, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, leave me a rating, letting me know, uh, leave whatever rating you feel this podcast deserves. I would truly appreciate that. And I thank you again for listening. I will see you in the next episode.